I'm Jalisa Azare, and this is a special episode of On Deck with Young Musicians. In celebration of the 10th anniversary of the show, we're revisiting 10 episodes from that first season of On Deck with a series titled Where Are They Now? Today, I'm chatting with opera singer Anna Louise Martin. 10 years ago, we spoke with Anna Louise about her love for opera. Today, we'll talk with her more about her thoughts on her past interview and using her influence to promote positive change in the arts community. But first, here's Crystal Wessel with an excerpt from that interview 10 years ago. You're a junior this year at Lake Oswego High School. Um, And it sounds like when we were talking about your discovery of a love of opera, I I, I got a sense from you that this is what you want to be your future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it's really like become a life thing. It's become it's not just an extracurricular activity. It's my life. And even I'd love to go into the performance aspect of it. But if that doesn't work, I'd love to do music education or music therapy. I'm honestly, I was doing some research on music therapy the other day, and what a fantastic thing. It's so amazing. And I love kids, too, and I ba- I'm i a babysitter and a nanny, and <laughs> I spend all my time with a, these the most amazing kids that have really inspired me to bring music into the younger generations, I guess, because they're saying that music is coming out of schools, but it's so important to me that kids, like, I... I'm so thankful to the Lake Oswego School District because I had a great music education. It really has, I think, given me a big boost into the classical music world. But I think that people are saying that it's starting to die out of schools, and that's heartbreaking to me. So it's going to be one of my goals to keep kids and the younger generations (laughs) involved in music. Even then, Anna Louise was determined to share the beauty of opera with others. I caught up with her to talk more about that interview and her career since then. When listening back to that previous interview, what were your thoughts? How did it feel to hear your past self? I had such a fun time listening back, not only just listening about my optimism about the concert that was coming up, that was kind of the focus of the interview was the benefit concert that I put on when I was 16 for juvenile diabetes research. That concert ended up being a huge success. I raised almost $10,000. Now being older and seeing what most concerts are like, I know that that is not the norm. So I was, yeah, honored to, think back about how special my Oregon community is, and they've kind of had unwavering support over the years as well. And then what does that unwavering support mean? How has the Oregon community continued to show up for you? Well, like I had a concert back in January that was uh, more of a, it wasn't a fundraiser concert. It was a, what did we call it? It was a food and wine concert. I wasn't sure if people would be interested in a concert like that, but everybody not only enjoyed the concert and the food and the wine, uh, but they were also so nice to me and were interested in where I was in my career and what my future plans were. So wonderful to see everybody in the same room that I had sung for for so many years. And every time I come home, I feel that same amount of support. People always are checking in and letting me know that they believe in me no matter what stage of my career I'm in. And that means so much to me. From your past interview, I know you were set on creating a career in opera. Since your first on-deck interview, how have you built on your career since then? 
Yeah, so I graduated from Lake Oswego High School in 2016 and went straight off to my undergrad, DePauw University, which was right outside of Indianapolis. Uh, there I studied vocal performance and business and had a wonderful time. I had the opportunity to sing some roles that I never thought I would have ever touched in undergrad. And then, yeah, unfortunately I was sent home my senior year because of the pandemic, but I had just completed all of my grad school auditions when we were sent home. So luckily I had already finished those and ended up at the Eastman School of Music up here in Rochester, New York. I graduated from Eastman. I started a job at the DeVos Institute of Arts Management. And there I help, um, I'm an executive assistant to Michael Kaiser, who's known as the turnaround king of the music world. He was the president of the Kennedy Center for almost 20 years. And on top of that, I'm helping with their capacity building programs. We're starting a new program in Central Florida where we're helping uh, um, multiple arts organizations down there with some strategic planning and helping them reassess how they want their organizations to run in uh, 2023 and 24 because the music world is ever changing, especially when it comes to financial needs and programming needs. And that's what um, my organization really specializes in. I'm Jalisa Azare. You're listening to a special episode of On Deck with Young Musicians. In celebration of the 10th anniversary of the show, we're revisiting 10 episodes from that first season of On Deck with a series entitled, Where Are They Now? Today, I'm chatting with Anna Louise Martin, who when first interviewed was a 16-year-old who shared a vision for her generation to admire the art of opera and educate future generations about it. Now, Anna Louise is a successful performer who uses her influence to help organizations to create change in their communities. I talk with her more about the work she is doing with the Plimpton Foundation, and then she shares advice for young musicians. Over the projects you have recently worked on, what is some work that you're currently proud of? So I'm doing work with a nonprofit called the Plimpton Foundation, where we are supporting Native American musicians in the U.S. and we're putting together a songbook. We commissioned eight Native American composers to write universally performable songs. So uh, at least at Eastman, what I saw was that there was a large uh, amount of people that wanted to incorporate music from other um, demographics. But one of the communities that wasn't represented was Native Americans. So we have a spectacular group of composers and are working to premiere those works. And that's hopefully happening in May with the National Sawdust Festival, where we're going to perform at least a couple of the works that they composed. And we're hoping to keep commissioning works for the future so that there's like a large group of songs available for people who want to uh, incorporate works by Native American and Indigenous composers in the future. So I'm really, that's one thing that I'm really, really excited about. And one thing that, one change that I really see in the music industry that's coming over the next few years. Going over your experience and all that you have learned, what is some advice that you would love to share for young musicians? Oh, wow, so many different things. But I think first off in singing, you know, one thing that makes us different from other musicians is that our body is our instrument. So we have to prioritize physical well-being on top of 
you know, mental and emotional well-being. Listening back to my original interview, I think I focused a lot on how type 1 diabetes affected my life as a musician, which it definitely has. But the biggest thing that I think I took away from that was you know, the always being thinking two to three steps ahead, because as, as a diabetic, you know, growing up, if I wasn't thinking two or three steps ahead, then I could run into trouble, meaning I didn't have enough medicine. And, and those were the things that could keep me from the stage. Also, oh, the most important thing is finding your, I call it my board of directors, but finding a group of people that you trust. Um, because in this industry, everybody is going to try and tell you their opinion. Um, and people have valid opinions, but sometimes when you have, you know, 10 or 15 people telling you their thoughts, it can become very overwhelming. So that's why I think it's really important to find, you know, your three or four people that you can go to at any point and bounce ideas off of them. My moments of confusion as a musician and not knowing exactly what direction I'm going in, those are the people that I go to. And it's so relieving to have conversations with them because I know I they know me and what I really want in the future. That's opera singer Anna Louise Martin. She was a guest on the first season of On Deck with Young Musicians and the seventh guest we revisited as a part of our Where Are They Now series, celebrating the 10th anniversary of the show. On Deck is made possible by the Metropolitan Youth Symphony, offering orchestra, band, jazz, strings, flute, and percussion ensembles, as well as coaching with members of the organ symphony music theory classes, and the opportunity to work with student composers in the Authentic Voice Commissioning Series. Tuition assistance is available. You can register now at playmys.org. I'm Jalisa Azare. You can hear this episode of On Deck and Anna Louise's original episode from 2014 at allclassical.org. You can also subscribe to On Deck as a podcast. Our theme music was composed and performed by All Classical's young artist-in-residence, Amir Afsker. Thank you, Amir. Thanks for joining us on this special episode, and be sure to tune in next Saturday at 5 for another installment in our Where Are They Now series of On Deck with Young Musicians. <laughs>